and welcome to Crying on My Yoga Mat. My name is JD, and this podcast is all about building a community where, alongside amazing guests, we have real conversations about the low lows, celebrate the highs, and everything in between. I know what it's like to go through life feeling stuck and powerless to do anything about it. Here, you'll meet yourself where you are and learn tangible tools to help you become who you want to be while honoring the journey. You've gotten this far, so let's keep going together. Take a deep breath and let's go. Our guest this episode is Veronica. Veronica and her partner Rick co-founded the Child-Free Connection earlier this year in 2021. Veronica and Rick are a child-free-by-choice couple in their 40s who share intimate details of their child-free life on their YouTube channel and social media. The intention of the Child-Free Connection is to build a global community for people who have chosen to opt out of parenting or who are child-free by circumstance. They provide their audience with inspiration, support, celebration, and education about living child-free. Veronica and I dive deep into all different aspects of living a child-free life. If you do have a child or do plan on having children, don't worry. This conversation is still for you. We talk about how we can each engage respectfully and with curiosity. I am ecstatic for this conversation, so I'm not going to delay you any further. Let's hear it. Hello. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm really, really excited to talk to you. It's been a while. We've been trying to set this up, so I'm glad that it finally happened. Yes, I'm ecstatic. As soon as I found you on Instagram, I'm like, oh my goodness, I need her on my (laughs) show. I need to talk about this. Oh, you've got so much good stuff to say, and I'm here for it. What are you feeling today? Sure, absolutely. What I am feeling today, I'm feeling a lot of things today. I'm feeling super emotional today. So it's actually a good time to have a conversation, I think, because I'm just going to like, throw it all out there. You know, I think that's going to be a good, a good thing for your audience. Basically, I see myself as someone who has, it's taken me such a long time to get to where I am. And that's something that I'm super, super proud of. And at the same time, such a long road of head. (laughs) I have so much growth ahead of me. So although I am proud of how far I've come, I feel like you know, it's such a never ending journey of self growth and self development and self help. So I'm excited to be on this journey in my life. But you know, it just it just never ends. It just never ends how much we can learn about ourselves about the people around us about our lives about society. Um, So it's definitely a journey that I am excited and proud to be on. And I'm also super curious, like I what's coming around the bend, you know, because you just never know how life is going to change your perspective, your feelings about yourself and just about uh, where you're headed in general, right? But life just makes such interesting twists and turns. Absolutely. And I'm constantly grateful that we don't have to be alone in that journey because, oh my goodness, there is just too much for one person to handle by themselves. It is, absolutely. And I think part of the journey, right, is surrounding yourself by people who are on this journey with you, even though they're on their individual journeys, they're willing to take 
this path of self-realization, um, introspection. When my friends and I get together, sometimes it feels like a therapy session because <laughs> we like to get so deep. Um, and I really appreciate that, you know, because I love to have fun, obviously. And like, I love I love to have a good time and hang out. But sometimes I really just need those deep conversations and to talk it out with other people. So I find that to be really helpful. Yes, absolutely. I think there's so much so much depth to relationship when you're able to just get to the the heart of it, the real truth of it. And it's so important to be able to have different types of friendships where you can have fun with some friends or even mm-hmm. certain friendships that hold all the container for you. It's just so juicy. It really, really is. And I love that about friendships. Like you just mentioned, I love that there's the people who love to go out and dance. And I love the people that you know, I had a bad experience and I'll go over there and I'm like, I need your crystals. I need Reiki. I need you to do a ceremony on me so I can get rid of this, you know? So it's so nice to have that variety of options. I love it. Oh, yes, absolutely. I, (laughs) uh, it just really speaks to how much we can grow our resources too when we really like diversify the people that we hang out with. I don't want everyone that has the same knowledge that I do. Like I need people who know things that I don't. Exactly. Exactly. I was just over my friend's house yesterday. I had to go pick something up. She is one of the most, um, she, she never stresses. Like, I mean, obviously she stresses, but I never really see her stress. She's really calm. She's really collected. She's really in flow with her life. And I walked in and she was making a chicken. She was trying to roast a chicken and I've never seen her. I've been friends with her for 20 years. I've never seen her this stressed before. And she always (laughs) says how she's stressed while cooking And she was just so stressed out about trying to cut this chicken. Was it right? Was it wrong? And it just made me think about, it made me giggle when I left because it's so, it's so funny how we're all here for a purpose and how we're all so in flow with what we're passionate about and out of flow with what we're not, but we're still, we still have to do all the things, you know? Yes. I don't know. It just her stressed out with that chicken just made me laugh. That's so <laughs> because I've funny. never I've never seen that side. You know? <laughs> oh, that's great because that right there yeah. is like to me the embodiment of what crying on my yoga mat is. It's <laughs> it's we gotta do the stuff and like we exactly. and she's just crying over her chicken. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it just made me laugh. Yeah. I love those moments that just made me think and appreciate life. (laughs) While we are on this, we may as well get right into it. What Mm -hmm. is your crying on your yoga mat moment? I thought about this because obviously we've all had quite a few crying on my yoga mat moments, but this one was really significant being a child-free woman and trying to make my decision to whether or not I was going to have a child. Obviously it's a life altering decision. So early in my twenties, I had made the decision to not have children and foundationally, my reason was lack of desire. I had a big list of reasons. Foundationally was my reason was lack of desire. I didn't really feel pulled towards motherhood. Mm -hmm. And another reason was I really understood that I had experienced some childhood trauma and I really to focus on my personal growth and development. And I knew that that had to be a focus for me among other reasons, free time, finances, et cetera. But those were two really core reasons for me. And when I got to be in my early 30s. I was married to my ex-husband at the time. And that was when we were really getting 
the most pressure. That's when people are asking, okay, you, you know, now you, you're married, you bought a house, when are the kids coming? That's the natural next question. So at this point, I started, just because society forces you to do so, I started reevaluating my decision to make sure that I had made the right one. Mm -hmm. And I started feeling some doubt and then people, everyone's telling you, you're going to regret it. So it was, it was really a time for me to, to investigate my choice and why I had done it. And the best way for me personally to do that was to go back to my childhood and see, am I making this decision based on my personal experience? Mm. I had to think about that quite a bit. And just to give you super quick background, uh, I was born in Argentina and my parents, um, like millions of other immigrants, came to the U.S. for a better life. So at the time, we were really struggling. My dad came for a few years first, then my mom came from a few, for a few years, and they tried to save up money to get me and my sister here. So once we got here, you know, we didn't have much money. We didn't speak the language. It was a real struggle. So my memory of life my childhood was that life is hard, it's complicated, it's challenging, it's tumultuous. My parents really disliked each other very much. It was a complicated environment. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering to myself, is this affecting my choice? So I had, you know, fast forward to my 30s, I really had to ask myself two serious questions while I'm on this yoga mat, because I also became a yoga teacher around that time. Which ah, is ironic. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. So good. <laughs> So I really had to ask myself, so that's what I'm saying. I could, I could literally, because I did so much meditation and so much thinking during that time, I had to ask myself two questions. One was, if I have kids, will I repeat the pattern? And that was a really important question for me to ask myself and to answer. And I really had to look at it because people always say that we tend to, even though we don't want to, we turn into our parents in some capacity. Yeah. <laughs> and I was fully aware of that because I was already showing characteristics of my mom that I'm not fond of. <laughs> and I see them sneaking into my personality. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so I was um, aware of that. But I, I, but I did, my answer to that was, no, I'm not going to repeat the pattern because I am aware. And I think the level of awareness, the level of care, my need to have for my children to feel safe and to feel loved and all of that. I just felt really confident that I wouldn't repeat the pattern. I wasn't patting myself on the back. Like I'm going to be mother of the year. Definitely. I knew there was going to be a struggle, but I wasn't, I was able to answer that question. No, I'm not going to repeat the pattern. And then the second question I had to ask myself is would a do-over help me heal my childhood trauma? Because mm. at that point I was thinking, Am I going to be okay dying, never have, I never have experienced what a healthy family unit feels like? Gosh, yeah. And I would get glimpses of it by going to friends' houses. My ex-husband's family was also in a really healthy um, relationship. So I felt, wow, I'm never going to really get to experience love and hugs and communication and understanding and fun and vacations and trips and game night and everything I had seen on TV, I had seen on my friends' houses. So I, I logically, for a very brief period of time, a few days probably, had convinced myself, yes, I should have kids so that I can 
redo that experience and do it better and do it safer and do it in a place of love. And I really convinced myself that that's what had to happen. And what ended up happening was that my gut, even though I had lodged, my brain had logically come to this conclusion, my gut and my heart were still telling me, no, Mm. this isn't what you need. This isn't right for you. So I had to dive into that a little bit more to understand it. And that's when I really started crying on my yoga mat, because that's when the realization came that I didn't have to have kids. I didn't have to redo what had gone wrong, but rather I I could just do it for me as an adult. Like, why can't I have all that? I can still have fun. I can experience love. I can have a, a see, I'm going to get, I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, please do, because then I'm going to do it with you. And I'm very excited. For that. <laughs> I need to have a partnership that is healthy. I need to surround myself by people who will love me. It was just all, it was for me. And once I came to that realization that it was about me, it really sat in that my gut and my choice to be child-free was right for me. And, and see, I'm crying now. That was my crying on my, that realization was huge, was really such a pivotal moment because not only was a pivotal moment me deciding that motherhood wasn't for me, but it really catapulted me to the next stage of adulthood. That was my beginning of starting to let go of the past and really discovering my future. That is so incredible. And I'm so grateful for you to share that experience with us because that just gave me the biggest sigh in my soul. And oh my goodness. <laughs> One, yeah. it's nice to not be alone in that struggle because I just turned 30 mm-hmm. this year, very recently got married for the second time. We mm-hmm. are thinking we're not going to have children. And that comes with this journey exactly that you're on. A few episodes I was talking about um, emotionally immature people and parents and went through a similar journey of looking at my past and thinking, am I just wanting to relive and live out through a child what I didn't get to have? Like my biggest wanting for a child has been for snuggles. Like that that's <laughs> the biggest visceral body feeling. I, I want Same. my own child to snuggle mm-hmm. and yeah. How dare yeah. I not bring that yeah. into the world and bring it into fruition? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's It's so interesting that you say that because hugs were such a big part for because I never got them. And it was so important for me to give them, right? But I can give them to my partner, to my friends, to my family, to my dog, and get just the same fulfillment. And you know what it is? It's interesting because when you tell people that you have made the choice to be child-free or when I have told and a lot of people in our audience have tell people that they decided to be child-free, you almost feel obligated to have this slide deck presentation ready of your reasons why. (laughs) Or if you're very quick, if you're early on in your decision-making process, you have the caveat of, but we're willing to change our minds just to get them to shut up. Just to get them to shut up. I know. It's so, it's so interesting. It is so, so interesting. So I think that that is a lot of the reason that you have to 
list these reasons like our first video we did we did was reasons we decided to be child free because we knew that that was an introduction because people need to know because they just don't understand it they can't comprehend it and i actually can understand why they don't understand it i understand that if you have a baby a child two three four kids that you're absolutely over the moon about that you love them so much you cannot it's no nowhere in your brain or your heart, or your soul, can you comprehend that someone is going to opt out of that? Mm-hmm. And and it's so hard to for for a parent to understand that. So I can understand why they don't understand us, but our mission for the child free con- connection is for other people to understand us because that's just equally as important. Yeah, and it's not even about making other people feel bad or guilty about the decisions that they've made. It's just understanding that everyone deserves respect in the decisions that they make for themselves. Absolutely. It's, it's about respect, understanding people's choices. It's unfortunate. We actually had to talk about it a couple of weeks ago because we were getting so many DMs and comments from parents feeling that we were attacking them, even though, (laughs) even though in our content, anybody who goes into our YouTube videos or social media, we say we like kids and we don't say it just to make people happy. We actually do. Some child-free people don't like kids and that's completely fine as well. We're completely respectful of both choices. We talk about that we advocate for choice, that we're celebrating ours but we advocate for choice yes. because we've also had people message us. They're on the fence and I'm not here to try to change anybody's mind. I'm here to support you 100% in either direction. I'm just telling you what my path was and you can do that with that, what you want, right? That's the intention here. So we were getting so much negative feedback from parents. So we decided to do a video on where is, where is this competition stemming from? Why does it exist? So we really had to dive into it. And really, it's just about we're taught divisiveness from day one, right? Like you're taught, you choose a team, you choose your favorite color, you choose, it, it, we're always choosing. And then not only are we choosing a side, we're taught to really fight for that side as as hard as possible. So if you believe in the side, you naturally are against or don't believe in the other side. So that's foundationally divisiveness. I mean, we've seen it so much in the past couple of years. So foundationally it's there. And it just became so interesting to me that people would think just because we're celebrating our choice means that we're putting yours down. So we really had to dive into that. And just yesterday, um, one of our audience members messaged us that she's been sharing a lot of our content on her social media and her friend of 20 years sent her a message to end the relationship because she's a parent and she feels attacked. (laughs) And it's so, what it made me, yeah, exactly. And it's so, it's so, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. I have such an issue with, um, you know, divisiveness and really, and dogma and just holding on to your belief system and just not seeing what other people are trying to say. It's, it's so, cause that's one of those situations where 20 years of friendship, you know, someone's character, you know, who they truly are, you know, that 
Right. They're not some, if they were going to come at you, they'd come at you, at you, (laughs) not through their Instagram stories. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. And it's interesting because I have best friends that are moms and I love their kids and I hung out with them. I just went to New York and spent some time with them and their kids and their families. And they're completely supportive of what Rick and I are doing. Um, And they're respectful of it and they understand it. But for some reason, it doesn't, it doesn't translate for everyone. So that's the hope. I think that by advocating and educating people on this lifestyle choice, hopefully, eventually, people will not feel attacked in any way. Yeah, I'll make sure to link in the show notes uh, that specific video that you were just talking about. Oh, I think yeah, that'll be super that'd be great for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What I'm really looking for is help for those of us that are in the midst of making that decision and mm-hmm. how how we hold ourselves during making that decision and mm-hmm. the ways in which we can become secure in that decision. So the things that you did that had you sigh and be like, yeah, okay, this is this is what to do. I tell people this all the time and it seems so simple yet it's so complicated is that I remind people when they tell me that they're in decision-making process, that choice is yours and yours alone. And the only way that we can make a choice about our lives and what brings us true joy and fulfillment is if we quiet everything around us. And I know that seems like such a simple piece of advice, but it's really difficult to do. And the reason it's very difficult to do is because there's so much pressure. There's so much judgment. There's so much criticism. There's such a lack of understanding about this choice and about this lifestyle. So it's almost impossible not to let that seep in. It's really challenging. And quieting the noise and sitting with yourself and understanding yourself to a level that no matter what, this is what you want and this is what's good for you and feeling so grounded and so solid that no matter what people say, you're still going to feel good about it takes a little bit of time. And the reason it takes time is because society is where it is because it's still, it's still seen as a, a wrong decision. Yeah. It's people just consider it to be, and crazy. I've even seen that word too. Like this is crazy. Selfish is definitely obviously one of them. And we can't change society overnight because this movement has been going on for decades, yeah. decades, decades, by the way, trying to, to help people understand this lifestyle So it is really important to start there, to quiet the outside noise and know that you're not making the decision because you're trying to please a parent, because you're trying to please your partner, a grandparent, because like me, you're trying to relive a childhood that you never had. There's so many reasons that people have. And I think quieting the noise on the outside is crucial. I love that because we really do just need to get inside of ourselves. And I love the thought of quieting the outside noise. 
Sometimes that outside noise still seeps in. And in those times, how do we stop the shame spiral? Talking about it. And yeah. (laughs) And the reason that's so clear to me is because I, we just did a video on that today on how to feel confident in your choice. And that was my main tip in that video is to talk about it because I speak from experience. I did not, I'm 45 years old and I just started talking about it. And it is, it has lifted so much weight off my, and now I can't stop talking about it. So the bear was poked. (laughs) And now I'm like, anybody who will listen, I will shout from every rooftop. But it really does make a difference because the shame comes from people criticizing you, giving you judgment, and you're not sure what to say. So what ends up happening is because we feel so uncomfortable, because this would happen to me all the time. I mean, I have family members that were saying, you know, making these comments at me and I would just ignore them. And sometimes you, you make this like uncomfortable laugh or gesture to kind of shift the conversation in a different direction, (laughs) you know? And so I was doing that too. And so I thought about it a lot. People are messaging us like, I don't know how to talk about it. I had this woman message me. She works in a maternity ward in a hospital. So, and all the the nurses that she works with and the doctors are parents. She's the only one who's not. So babies are everywhere. Baby talk is everywhere. And she feels like she needs to hide throughout her workday so that she is not approached with this question because- She's married for a year or so. They bought the house. This is the natural next step. And and I understand how she feels because I've been there myself so many times. But if someone says to you, how many kids do you have? Do you have kids? It's to say, no, I don't. I'm child-free by choice. Just that alone can start chipping away at the shame rather than being uncomfortable and not knowing like, no, well, we decided that we thought maybe, or perhaps, and physically already it sort of brings you down because it's already, I think, and people sense that, right? So they must be like, oh, you're unsure. You're not clear. So if you're really strong, if your physicality is telling people that you feel very grounded in this decision, if someone says, how many kids do you have? And you say, I don't have any, I'm child-free by choice. It already shifts the vibration of the conversation. Yes, literally. When you were saying that um, sometimes mm-hmm. the body energy can really mm-hmm. show it, I was just thinking that you're in a different vibration of it. You're in the anxiety, like, oh no, I'm going to be uh, punished. I'm going to be yeah. told off. I'm going to be, be criticized. Isolated. What is everyone going to say? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but if your shoulders are back and down and your head is held high and you just say, I'm child-free by choice, you're going to start to realize that people around you are going to start to shift as well. And it'll turn from criticism to curiosity. At least that was my experience. So that's one of my biggest tips that I give people is the shame can start chipping away if you start talking about it. Yes. And Brene Brown talks extensively about the fact that we need to talk because shame grows and grows and grows and grows when we don't talk. Exactly. Exactly right. Exactly right. I love her. Yeah, that's exactly right. So good. So I would love to know how we can help people with children or people that don't understand a child-free life 
how to better support us. But the last thing that you said was hoping that people are curious. So I'm wondering if that's kind of the the cure-all for it is for people to meet those people that want to be child-free with curiosity. Yeah, absolutely. And dialogue is definitely the first step. And I think that some people have gone through so many years of criticism and pressure. So there is a, a bit of bitterness <laughs> that starts to naturally evolve. And what I tell people is that I know that the frustration and the bitterness builds, especially if you've experienced this for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. But you can do your best to put that to the side and open yourself up to questions. And I'm not saying that you need, you have to list your reasons or that you're, it's your job to make other people understand, but especially in your, in your close knit in your family and friends, opening yourself up to questions just opens up the dialogue and, and the assumptions will end because when you're, when, when people aren't talking about it and aren't answering questions, all it does is create assumptions, right? So they have assumptions about us that assumptions create judgment. Now the judgment creates frustration. The frustration creates shame. So it's just this continuous cycle that without the dialogue doesn't necessarily end. Yeah, I think that extends to a lot of places that if we don't dialogue, that specific mm -hmm. situation does not end, especially in relationships. Right, exactly. And the other thing that I tell people too is that not everybody is open to dialogue or open to hearing yes. your, because sometimes you will explain yourself and people are just so, um, they want to just hold on to their belief system so hard mm -hmm. that it doesn't matter. So our second thing that we can do is let go because we're not here to change anybody's minds. Yeah. If someone is just not willing to understand where you're coming from, not willing that this choice is going to make you happier, not willing to respect you and validate that you are sure of your decision-making process, then we just need to let go. I, I totally agree with that. A uh, mm -hmm. question that a friend of mine had when we were talking mm -hmm. about child-free living is mm -hmm. kind of along the lines of sometimes the question that you get asked or that's in your brain is, well, who's going to take care of you when you're older? How do you yeah. meet people who ask you that question? <sighs> that Aside question. from a slap in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That question, let's start by saying that that question confuses me so much on so many levels. It's interesting because first it's you're so selfish and then it's who's going to take care of you when you're older, which to me is ironic and somewhat <laughs> funny <laughs> because I'm being told I'm selfish, but you are having children so that they can take care of you when Ooh. you're older. <laughs> I never put that together. Oh, la, la. I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a true point. It is. First of all, 
elderly care can be really challenging. And a lot of our audience members don't have kids, but they do take care of their elderly family members. Mm -hmm. I spend a lot of time caretaking my mom in many different ways. So I understand it as well. And I think to assume that your children need to take on this role where potentially they're um, your nurses, they're your errand runners, they're your bank, you know, because maybe you need to financially depend on them and all these reasons. I don't, is it just me that doesn't click for me? It doesn't click that I should have a child so that they can have this giant responsibility of taking care of me. So that's one thing I need to say that first, because that really logically doesn't mm-hmm. in my brain, it just doesn't, it, it, it doesn't sink in like the way that people present that question. And then the second thing is that there is quite a bit of data out there. And we've even had people in our audience that work at elderly care facilities and a high percentage of these people have children who don't visit them yeah, and who don't take care of them. So it's not a guarantee because you have children that you are going to be taken care of for so many reasons. God forbid something happens to your kid, right? What if your child moves to a different country, a different state? What if they're they're not financially able to take care of themselves? They're not going to be able to take care of you. What if there is a disability? What if there's an accident? What if you just don't get along and you don't have the relationship that you thought you would have before you had them? There is no guarantee that your children because of your children are going to take care of you. That's another thing. So Rick and I are going to, we haven't done a video on yet on this yet, but we are going to dive in specifically how to answer this question. And we do think it's important, it's important for our community to know how much it will cost if you do need care, because I think that's really responsible. And I think It's interesting because I've also read quite a few studies that show that people without kids spend more time, energy, money, and focus on retirement years Mm -hmm. because they know already that there's not children that you shouldn't be, you know, depending on them anyway, because of the point that I just made. But because there are no children there, there is a lot more thought involved. Rick and I talk about it. I mean, he's almost 50 on 45. We've already started talking about it. We already started building a plan. So I think it's really important if you plan ahead financially and you start having these conversations of what's going to happen, you start doing research that the places around you, if you did need elderly care, how much would that cost? How much would you need? I think those conversations are really important to have. And there's just, we don't know what the future is going to look like. It's, it changes so much. We were, um, Rick and I were listening to a podcast recently and they were talking about AI. Mm -hmm. AI is just, I mean, our lives are going to change so drastically very shortly. Um, with, uh, virtual reality. So what they were saying was that 
one of the key components of AI in the future is going to be companionship. Yes. So you're going to be able to like build a friend, you know, and you're going to be able to have these experiences, these virtual experiences. You could have a dinner with five people who don't exist because you're just putting your goggles on. And I'm just saying that I know it sounds ridiculous right now, but, but what, when we were listening to the podcast, what the person said was that they do have elderly in mind because for elderly people who don't have children to visit them and they're trying to find how does this, how can the technology and companionship merge so that elderly people don't feel so alone? Mm -hmm. So that's just a whole other area that I think so too. I thought so too. That's why it really resonated with me and it stuck in my head. And I'm like, that's really interesting because we don't know life is changing via technology so drastically that we don't know what that, you know, what that feels like. Even with my mom, my mom is 75 years old. She's in Florida, but with FaceTime, we were able to get through 2020 Mm -hmm. so much better if we didn't have it. You know, I was able to, she was able to feel not so alone. So we can only imagine in 15, 20 years, what's going to happen then. I really love your point of instead of living with the fear of, oh, what is going to happen when I'm older, planning for it, doing yeah. the research and mm-hmm. getting that that time and that money and that effort prepared that you need to do. That's, that's really nice because I know sometimes yeah. for myself when I'm worried about things I don't do the research I just sit there like oh, we I'm freeze so we freeze and worry yeah <laughs> absolutely. we freeze and worry and it, it does help because if you start you know, wherever we live whatever country or state you're in it's good to know look up your local um, nursery homes care facilities or now you know a lot of elderly people have people coming to their homes to take care of them is that included in your insurance, depending on what country you are? Is how much does that cost? And that's actually going to start relieving a lot of this pressure. Like you said, the planning is really going to start making you feel better about it. And also, you don't feel like you're putting this giant burden on anyone. And I have a lot of friends because my friends are in their late 40s, 50s. So their their parents are now in their 80s for the most part. And it's challenging. They're having a really hard time taking care of their parents for, for a variety of reasons. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I wonder if you're able to speak to the people that originally did have some hope or desire to have children, but then come to the child-free life, whether by choice or not, Mm-hmm. What's what's a word of encouragement that they can just take into their being and their lives? I actually have a lot of close friends um, that are child-free by circumstance, and it is quite a different journey, absolutely, for a lot of reasons, whether it was emotional or physical. It's just such a different experience. But I have had to ask them, like, how do you land here and and enjoy your life this way which is not the way that you had planned and I think everybody's very different but the people that I have spoken to and feel really good about it have said to me that finding joy when we cling to one thing that's going to give us joy we're limiting ourselves, right? Because if we don't have that one thing, then joy is is gone. So once you realize that 
you can have joy in your life with other things that not one thing is powerful enough. You know how some people think if they're not in a relationship, they can't find joy. It's sort of the same concept. So once you realize that joy is present inside us, we just have to find it you're able to let go that this wasn't your only source of joy. Perhaps this was something that you thought could be part of your joy pie, but it's not what you're fully capable of. Not only do you start finding joy in other things, but you start opening yourself up to things that bring you joy that maybe you would have not opened yourself up to before because you were so focused that this one thing was going to bring you joy. I don't know if that makes any sense. That makes total sense. One of the reasons I'm so grateful for this conversation is Mm -hmm. for my partner to listen to it, quite honestly, because Mm -hmm. we are still in the depths of it. And he has nieces and nephews and it's Mm -hmm. hard to watch your siblings parent and not become one yourself. And it's for me, I grew up an only child and became a sibling in my 20s. So by the time I could have had a child myself, my father was having a baby with um, his new wife. So that was a huge hit for me. My mom never saw much maternal instinct in me and would let me know that, which gave me a certain psyche, which Mm. made me worried. And then, of course, as you, I didn't want to follow the pattern. Becoming my mother was one of my biggest fears. And then (laughs) my dad having a kid in my 20s. So here I am at 30, like, ooh, ooh, uh, I don't have energy. (laughs) I just... I just don't, I I keep myself alive as well as I can. And that's about all I can muster right now. Same, same. And you know what I think is important that I haven't, I thought about this the other day and I want to mention it on either social media or do a video about it because I want to just point out, I think this is important. There are times throughout my life that I will see a very sweet parent-child moment. And I have this little feeling inside me Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's just like I'm like so sweet right like it's so or if I hold a baby and I smell it I'm like so sweet but it goes away (laughs) it goes away it goes away very quickly as soon as you smell that dirty diaper or hear that shrill scream it's like yeah okay it goes away and I think that that's and I, and I've talked to people that are like, oh, but sometimes I have this and I'll ask them, I'm like, but does it linger on for weeks and months and years and you just can't let it go? They're like, no, by the time <laughs> I get home, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to be home and I'm pouring a glass <laughs> of wine and then putting on my Netflix show. And I'm like, right, exactly. Like it's just our biological, some of us are maternal, some of us aren't. Some of us have that instinct or, or you're just a human being. If you see love, like we talked about before, like witnessing love and joy, it's beautiful to see. So it's natural to, for that one moment in time to think like, ah, but you have to understand that it's just a fleeting moment. At least for me, it is. And for the people that I talk to, you know, because I do say if it's something that you can't let go of and you can't stop thinking about for months and years, and you're still thinking of that one moment, that's a completely different story, but there is nothing wrong with having those little sweet you watch a movie and you're like so it would be so cute you know and then that's it (laughs) yes 
Oh, that's so important. And it's so wonderful that we get to garner those emotions and those feelings in other areas of our lives. Like we get to be the best aunties and uncles. And it's it's so much fun. Like I have way more energy for those kids than I would if I had five kids of my own. (laughs) Me too. Me too. And it's so important for children to have child-free people in their lives because they really do bring such a different perspective. And I know that I have a niece and a nephew that I'm super close with. They're in their 20s now. And I've been there for them for them from day one and I've done the dance recitals and the games and the award ceremonies and the plays and the whole thing. And I'm there for them hundred percent. And I love the relationship that I have with them and I'm completely fulfilled by it. I would do anything for them, but it was just clear to me that it wasn't for me. So I think we just need to understand ourselves and understand our feelings. You know, if I'm with my niece and my nephew, I love them. I'm experiencing this. I really like it but it doesn't mean that I need to have my own. So we really need to just understand and, and make distinctions like that. Yeah, and it's it's fun to be able to, when making those distinctions, thinking, okay, what can I do here? So we bought stand-up paddle boards this summer. Ooh, and we it. are so excited to get our nephews on them when they're old mm-hmm. enough to be on it with us. And that's good. Like that helps heal a little bit because we know <laughs> – there are certain things we're not going to experience that child's firsts of, mm-hmm. but we still get to have the richness of spending time with them and showing them that they're worthy and all the things that only we can uniquely teach them. Right, exactly. And it, it's true because I had this conversation with my niece the last time I visited her coming from such a non-parental mm. place. You know, and even if you're a parent, you can have these, obviously, if you have a good relationship with them, some parents are best friends with their kids, and I completely respect that. But there's still that parent umbrella that you're both living under. And to be able to talk to a child or a teen or someone in their 20s or older and have these conversations with any non-parental perspective, I think it's really important and really beneficial to us and them. Yeah, I think it's so valuable for people mm-hmm. growing up to have spaces that they will not be punished in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. 100%. And it's also important, Rick and I talk about this quite a bit because we do, we work on a relationship a lot. You've got we, <laughs> we, We've we got to. We do. I mean, we have to, if there's a problem, like we have to figure it out, you know, and sometimes we can't figure it out and we still need to. And do we need to talk about it again? Do we need to readdress it? Do we need to bring our our couples therapist? So we went to couples therapy for a few years and she was a miracle worker and completely changed our relationship for the better. We love her. And sometimes, you know, we, we talk to, we can't, we're having a problem that we can't break through. So we'll like, she's on call. You know? <laughs> We're like, we need, we need to talk to you because we can't figure this one thing out. And then we talk to her and, and she gives us this great new perspective. We're like, oh, that's why we can't get through it, you know? Um, and it's usually, you know, past trauma, past, you know, all the past things that you bring into a relationship. But having that time to, because I've talked to my friends that have kids and they've told me it's really hard to, if you get into a, an argument or a fight, if you can't figure something out it's challenging to and I'm not blanking statement this by the way I know that it's not everybody but 
it's especially if someone has full-time help or they're not going to have this problem necessarily, but it is challenging to make the time to sit down with your partner and say, what's going on? Things aren't good. What can we be doing differently? What should we be reevaluating? What are we looking at here? And Rick and I really value that. We find that to be so essential for our relationship to grow and to thrive and to feel good. And that's definitely such a bonus and a perk of being child-free is focusing on your relationships and also the relationship that you have with yourself, most importantly. Yeah, that's the biggest one is for mm-hmm. me is that's a big reason that I, I have any fear in becoming a parent is thinking mm-hmm. if I would lose any of myself in not having time to do the things that I need to do mentally. Yeah, I'm high maintenance when it comes to my mental oh God, and my yes. spiritual growth. Oh, hell like, yeah. I need, if I'm not good, like I need a retreat. I need Reiki. <laughs> I need my therapist. I need crystals. I need some sort of whatever healer wants to come and heal me. It's, I mean, it's, it, right? It's yeah. just like, I'm like, I welcome all. I'm not okay. I need help, you know? And it's just time consuming. It's expensive, but we got to do what we got to do. And I love having that time for me. And this goes back to the whole selfish thing. And I, I did a whole um, video on, on, uh, on criticisms and, you know, selfish, obviously is one of them. And I said, it's, it's really interesting to me how, self-care, self-love got packaged into this selfish mm-hmm. uh, personality trait at yeah. some point, you know? Oh, you're just thinking about yourself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> Things aren't good in here in my head and in my heart. So I would like to fix it yes. and feel better. Oh so gosh. I'm sorry that that doesn't feel good for you. <laughs> I'm not that sorry that it doesn't feel good for you. I'm a little sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> but I feel really good about it because believe me, I this takes a lot of energy and work and I really need to focus. Focusing and 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 for the greater good, by the way. I everyone oh, around me should mm-hmm. feel thankful that I work on myself so hard. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. I'm like, society would not be as good of a place if uh, if I did not keep myself in check. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to me, the benefits are endless, you know, time, spontaneity. Spontaneity is so important too. Like just being able to get out of a, a scheduling, especially with, with kids, I went to my friend's house and the schedule for the week, like, you know, the boards yeah. with like practice and, you know, who's driving who to where and who's where at what time is extremely overwhelming. But I understand that you have to keep that in order to keep the family machine running when you're child free and you don't have to have, you know, on a Saturday, you don't have ballet, softball, baseball, birthday party, pick this up, pick that up. And you can be spontaneous and pick up and go to uh, go for a hike, Mm -hmm. uh, go to a winery, make a last minute decision to go stand up paddle boarding. We have a lake right in front of our building. We love going on it as well and, and kayak and it really makes a difference. And, and I read a study that said that actually spontaneity increases your happiness, obviously, 
because you're able to emotionally be fulfilled and not be on such a scheduling journey. I think spontaneity really goes hand in hand with being connected with your body and mind because it's mm-hmm. your brain or your heart that's like, I need to go skiing now. <laughs> that was me last week. I'm like yoga retreats <laughs> in the area. <laughs> You know, like must, must, must spend time meditating immediately. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's such a, and it's so, and it's so, it's something to really honor and be grateful for. I am so grateful to have the sponta- the ability to be spontaneous, to have the time that we have, to have the freedom. I love that I can explore new hobbies, new career options. The Chop Your Connection was a side passion project and Rick and I have gotten so much fulfillment out of it. And it's a lot of time. It's a YouTube channel. It's it's social media. It's, I mean, you know, you're doing it too. It's very time consuming. And would we have that time? I don't know. I can't say, I can't predict if we had children, but I just, all I, all I do is honor and I'm so grateful that we do. I love that so much. Well, Veronica, I want to thank you for having this space with me and really this respectful conversation about something that a lot of people don't know one way or the other about just really Mm -hmm. fills my soul. And for me alone, thank you for doing what you do. You, oh man, I'm getting goosebumpy and cry. (laughs) I am just so grateful that you took your your tumult, your indecision, your difficulties, and said, I see you. You aren't alone. I'm here too. Yeah, absolutely. And that was really what made me decide to do this because I just felt when I was in my 20s and 30s, it would have been so helpful to see someone who was a little bit further along in the journey and sit down with them and talk to them. And I hope that Rick and I are providing that kind of insight into someone. And again, we're not saying this is what you should do, but we are saying this is what it looks like. And the people that are telling you that you're going to be miserable and you're going to regret it and all those things are not necessarily understanding what joy and fulfillment means to you because they're they are judging your joy fulfillment based on their own. So if you could see that Rick and I took the path of not having kids and we are fulfilled and we are joyous and we have zero regrets, thank you because it's that's what the intention was is for people to be able to connect with that. Yeah. Where can we follow you on social media? How do we engage with you and learn more about the child-free connection? Our YouTube channel, if you just search uh, The Child Free Connection, you'll find it, youtube.com slash The Child Free Connection. Instagram, also instagram.com slash The Child Free Connection. What I really suggest people to do because Rick and I have been in some serious development and planning mode. We have a lot of exciting work uh, that we're doing for this community. And on our website, thechildfreeconnection.com, you can sign up for the Child Free Connection Now alerts. And that's how we're going to let people know what's going on, how to find out more. So we really encourage people to go there and sign up. 
That's fantastic. Well, thank you again for creating so many resources for people who are choosing to or considering being child free. Thank you. Thank you. This was such a great conversation. Thank you so much for inviting me to your show. Yes, I look forward to talking with you soon because I know we're going to have another conversation in the future. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media. You can tag me on Instagram at crying on my yoga mat so I can see what you're learning and loving about the show. Until next time.